Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Wow. Powerful. Good Friday is, is a time to reflect. And that's just what we're going to do this evening. It's not going to be a gathering as usual. So here's what I want you to do. In the next few minutes, I want you to not just listen to me, a man speaking from a stage, but I want you to reflect with me. Can we do that? I want you, if it's okay with you, for just a few brief moments to put away all your mobile device. You don't need to take notes. This is not a lesson or anything like that. This is a time for us to remember and to reflect what our amazing Lord and Savior has done for us 2,000 years ago. Later on, after we finish with our reflection, I want to ask you to take out your mobile device and I want you to type something that you could present at the feet of Jesus. And if you're watching online, you can do the same, right? Whatever it is that you want to present at the feet of Jesus, your prayer, somebody you've been praying for, your fear, your pain, anything that you want to present at the feet of Jesus at the end of our reflection, we're going to do just that, all right? And I want to start by asking you to reflect on this one question that I've been thinking about as I was preparing for this. What does the cross mean to you? What does the cross mean to you? Does the cross still have any relevance for us today? Why celebrate the death of a man through crucifixion some 2,000 years ago? Why do we do that? What does the cross mean to you? Here are some victims of the school shooting in Nashville, Tennessee, a couple of weeks ago. Does the cross have any relevance to the grieving community, to the grieving parents? One of the kids that was shot, it was a little girl. Her name was Evelyn Dickhouse. I read that she died trying to rescue his friends from the, from the gunman. Does the cross have any relevance to her parents? I experienced something similar a bit closer to home. Last week, I conducted a funeral for a 17-year-old boy who died in a tragic car accident. And I was sitting right there like this, face to face with the grieving parents. And my heart just shattered into pieces as I saw the parents sobbing uncontrollably as they look at the pictures of their son being shown on the screen. And I wonder if the cross has any relevance for them, you know? The last few months, I received news from my friends, at least four of my friends that I know personally have been diagnosed with cancer. What about them? Does the cross have any relevance for them? Monday, on Monday, I received a text that a couple who pastor a church here in the city, in our city, um, their daughter, Two had a tragic death due to drowning. What does the cross mean to you? 
Can the cross help you with your pain, with your addiction, with your struggle? Can the cross help you with your grief, with your heartbreak, with your insecurities, with your fear? Can the cross help you do that? And I think for a lot of us today, unfortunately, the cross has lost its power. You know, we do have crosses everywhere. In some churches, we put a cross up on the stage, usually with sweet-smelling flowers to its left and to its right. Some of you wear a cross as part of your um, jewelry, maybe your necklace. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. If you understand the meaning of the cross, there's nothing wrong with putting on jewelry to remind you of the power of the cross. But my question is, do you know what the cross means? And until you know the power of the cross, then the cross cannot do anything to you. I believe the answer to all those questions that I asked you, if the cross can help you deal with all sorts of struggles that you are experiencing, I believe the answer is yes, if you know its power. This week I read a, a book that was recommended to me. Her name is Fleming uh, Rutledge. She's an amazing thinker and, and, and preacher. And she said this that I found really interesting. I never thought of it before. She said, until the gospel of Jesus Christ burst upon the Mediterranean world, no one in the history of human imagination had conceived of such a thing as the worship of a crucified man. Think about it. Why would you worship a crucified man? I mean, if you want to follow a leader, if you want to worship a god, you worship a god like Jupiter, like Zeus, like Thanos, you know, like somebody powerful, right? You don't worship a crucified man. But you see, this is where the power of the cross lies. Because on that cross that is designed to humiliate, a cross that is designed to degrade, a cross that is a symbol of condemnation, a symbol of rejection, a symbol of suffering that becomes for us a symbol of peace and power, a symbol of grace, a symbol of unconditional love. And that's where the cross has its power when you realize who was actually put on that cross. And this evening, we're gonna, we're gonna read the account of Jesus leading to that cross and we're going to reflect together and as I read these verses I want you to just bring yourself to that place if you can if you want to close your eyes if you want to read along it doesn't matter what you do as long as as I as we read this together I'm going to read this on your behalf as we read this together why don't you once again as I said earlier open your hearts and minds and spirit and allow the spirit of God to speak to you and I believe by the end of our gathering together, we will be reminded again as to the power of the cross. And then we can bring before the cross, to the cross, everything that has been laying heavy maybe on our hearts lately. And then you experience yourself personally the power of this cross. All right? We're going to read from the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 15, 
follow along with me as I read this. The soldiers led Jesus away into the place that is the praetorium and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Obviously in mockery. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in, the, on his way in from the country. Now I want to stop right here and, 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 and let you know why Mark felt compelled to write in detail who is this person called Simon from Cyrene. If you are investigating Christianity, you need to know this, that Mark is the earliest gospel written. We have four gospels in our New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Mark was the first gospel written, even though it appears second in our New Testament. It was written, according to expert, about AD 65. Can you imagine? Jesus died at about AD 33. So by the time Mark was writing this, Alexander and Rufus and possibly Simon, they were still alive. So Mark was saying to his readers, if you don't believe my story, you can check it with them. You know that I'm telling you the truth. So they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. Come down from the cross and save yourself. You think Jesus could do that? Of course he could. Don't forget, this is the same Jesus who turned water into wine. This is the same Jesus who fed 5,000 men up on the hill. This is the same Jesus who opened the eyes of the blind and made the lame walk. The same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead. This is the same Jesus who was crucified on that cross. Of course, he could make himself come down from that cross if he wanted to. So contrary to popular beliefs, it weren't nails that made him stay on that cross. It was his love for you. It was his love for me. We continue in verse 31. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who crucified him, those who crucified with him, also heap insults on him. See, the tragedy or the irony was Jesus could have saved himself. But if he did, 
If he had, then he wouldn't be able to save you and to save me. He would be able to only save himself. But he chose to remain on that cross once again because of me, because of you. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. That means Jesus has been hanging on that cross for at least six hours from nine o'clock in the morning until three o'clock in the afternoon. Can you imagine the pain? Can you imagine the suffering? Can you imagine even breathing must be very difficult for Jesus at this point. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I want us to pay attention to this verse. In verse 27, they crucified two rebels with him. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. And I want us to just park at this word, this very simple word that we passed by, maybe didn't even pay attention to it. The word is with. The word with. Now this sums up the life of Jesus, right? The Creator was crucified with His creation. This is Jesus. When He was born, He was called Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. He was born with us. He walked with us. He lived with us. He suffered with us. All the way until the end, He identified with His creation and in the process, He's showing you that He could identify with everything that you are going through and that you will ever go through in this life. That is Jesus for us. Yeah, we know Him to be our Savior. We know Him to be our High Priest that intercede on our behalf. And I'm telling you that is the truth. If you are here this evening and you're not a Christian, I'm telling you, God cannot wait to give you the free gift of eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ, who paid everything for you when he died on that cross but not only is he your savior he's also your friend he's your friend who knows exactly what you are going through because he's gone through everything that we could possibly go through maybe even worse as he was nailed to that cross and then finally in a loud voice he gave up his spirit and he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is, if you're familiar with the Bible, Jesus was quoting from Psalm 22. And people think that Jesus was fulfilling prophecy when he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But I believe Jesus is not just merely fulfilling prophecy here. I believe that Jesus really did feel abandoned by His Heavenly Father. You got to understand, the triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit has always been one. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God that exists in three persons. I know it's hard for us to comprehend with our limited mind. But you, what you need to know is just this, that ever since the beginning of time, from eternity past, God the Father and God the Son 
They've never been separated. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. My food is to do the will of the Father who sent me. I and the Father are one. They've never been separated in their life before until this point where God the Father, in pain, I believe. As a father, I know what God must have felt. It hurts God probably more than it hurts Jesus. He had to turn his face away from Jesus. And Jesus right there in the brief, briefest moment in history, Jesus felt abandoned, completely abandoned and alone. No friends, not even his heavenly father was with him. The past few years have been probably one of the most difficult time in my life. Uh, yeah, I've been betrayed by some close friends and then COVID hit and late last year my dad passed away and uh, I thought my whole world's just crumbling down and I thought God had forgotten about me and I thought nobody could understand until I remember what Jesus said. Yeah, maybe no one would understand but Jesus would. Jesus would. And so my encouragement to you this evening as we reflect on what Christ has done for us and as we continue to reflect through Holy Communion, I pray and I ask that as you eat the element, as you eat the bread and the cup, you remember again not only what Jesus has done for you, but also remember the identification this, the solidarity that He has with us. He's been through everything and more for your sake and for my sake. And what I'm going to do, what we're going to do a bit later on is, actually you can do this now. Uh, you can take out your mobile device if you want. Be careful, don't spill the, the elements. But as I asked you before at the beginning of our reflection time, what do you want to lay down at the feet of Jesus today? can be anything. Like I said, it could be your insecurity. It could be your fear. It could be your sickness. It could be your pride. It could be people you're praying for. It doesn't matter what it is. So what you can do, you can scan the QR code and this is going to be anonymous and as you scan the QR code, you'll be taken to this page where you can type in what you want to lay down at the feet of Jesus. So why don't you just get that ready first? Right? We're going to do this a bit later on after the communion. Um, we're going to leave the QR code a little bit uh, later on. But you can just open the page first for now. If you can open the page first and scan because the QR code is not going to be there forever. And as you type in what you want to present at the feet of Jesus, I hope that will encourage others as well to have the courage to present their fear, their request, their pain to at the feet of Jesus. All right. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.